Hey, so good, so good to be um, uh, to be here. It's been good seeing what's been happening, and uh, we're at week six. We're at week six with um, with Hope Northern Hills, uh, other campus on the other side of the city, and we got we got new people there every week. Um, we have the occasional Hope Center person there as well, which is great. We we like seeing familiar faces, friendly faces, as well as Wellingtonians. And uh, you know, and it's it's good it's good seeing what God is doing. God's working, and um, you know, and uh, we were told once we started that we are over there the only Pentecostal church in Johnsonville. Now I don't know if that's true. That's what somebody else uh, that's what somebody else told us. And you know, one of the other things that we were talking about today is that we aren't starting something because we really believe that there is prayer and ministry and intercession and seed sowing for decades and for years. And we're joining what God has already been doing as people have been prophesying and praying and declaring and all sorts of stuff. So, um, you know, so that's great. You know, I was thinking about the 1922 um, you know, move of God that we had with Smith Wigglesworth. And uh, somebody sent me, uh, some of you may know that, that before Smith's um, campaign, uh, you know, a missionary from Denmark came and talked about the ministry of Smith and baptism of the Holy Spirit and healing and all that, and suggested, didn't know when he was coming, but suggested that they start some, what they call prayer circles, so some prayer meetings. And somebody sent me the eight addresses uh, around Wellington area for, for um, you know, uh, for where these prayer circles were. Isn't that cool that, you know, history buffs have actually got the time to go in and dig it out and send it to me and, and sent me the, the Google, you know, the Google photo, you know, the Google street address and all of that stuff so I can see. And I thought to myself, I must go knock on their door and say, hey, do you guys know that you had a, you had a revival prayer meeting here? I looked at one of the addresses. It's now a gay bar. But anyway... <laughs> You know, God can re, God can, God, they've, you know, God can, uh, you know, the enemy wants to put a stamp on something that God did. And, uh, but God is doing some great things. So, you know, so we're excited about that. And we want you to know as well that what's happening there isn't something separate from the vision of Hope Center. But really, we need to lean in faith. Because I'm going to tell you, around the city and around the nation, churches are closing. But I believe we need to go in the opposite spirit. And we believe that God wants to expand. He wants to reach. There is a hunger in people. And, uh, and so we've been really finding that as well. So, um, you know, in our, in our month this month, I heard you had a good preacher this morning. Uh, on fire, so uh, you know, no pressure, but I'm sure I can top that. Oh. You know, um, so. But you know, you know, the theme, of course, for the month. The theme for the month is 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 God is, God is, and then like because the world says God isn't. But God is, you know, like Moses, when he was having his encounter with God at the burning bush. And then he was given his commission to go in to Egypt and to free a whole nation of slaves. And he naturally was feeling pretty intimidated by the mission at hand. And, and then he said, well, well, what name 
shall I give? And, and, and God says, tell them I am has sent you. In other words, just I am, I am has sent you. So God is, uh, you know, he is, he is reflected in different names in the Bible because in the Bible, a person's name actually wasn't just a label, but it actually reflected their character, their personality, something about who they were. And so, and so God had to continue to reveal Himself to us by various different names because they're all different facets of the incredible diamond that, that God is and uh, that we can never really fully fathom the incredible aspects of who God is. And, uh, you know, He says that I am, uh, I am Elohim, the Creator of the ends of the earth. He says, I am El Elyon, God Most High. Don't you like that He's God Most High? Uh, there's no other gods above Him. Uh, he is El Shaddai, the God that is more than enough. You know, when we were at a time of a life crisis, or you could say a, a, a life-altering season, where all the question marks popped up, where, where the ministry door that we felt uh, was clearly God's purpose for us, that door closed. And all of a sudden, we were kind of in the wilderness of God's purposes. And it was like I couldn't understand prophecy. Because prophecy lined me up with that, but that door is closed. Uh, you know, I, I, I couldn't understand in terms of the guidance of God. But this is what I found myself doing as I would walk backwards and forwards on the path and the back of our property in Auckland. And I would think, Lord, I just totally don't get what's going on. I don't understand where my future is heading. I don't understand your purpose. I don't understand destiny. I don't understand the prophecies that you have spoken. Uh, all of those things, all of your promises, I don't understand. But this one thing I do know. I know you. And so I began to walk backwards and forwards and I'd say, Lord, I thank you that you are Elohim. I mean, I don't get all of these other things, but I know that you are the creator. And Lord, I know that you are El Elyon, that you are God Most High. And I just thank you that you are God Most High, that you haven't changed, that you are the same, that you are my rock, that you are my fortress. And I just begin to walk backwards and forwards, just reminding the Lord about his name. And who he was and saying, this is who I know you to be. I know that you're El Shaddai, God Almighty, the God that is more than enough. You know, you know we, don't, we don't walk by our feelings, but we walk by who he is, his declaration. I say, Lord, your word tells us that, that you are Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And you're Jehovah Rapha. You're the Lord, my healer. And just walk in and say, God, I thank you that you're a provider. And, and I thank you that you are my shepherd. And I thank you that you are my guide. And, and just beginning to walk through these things. And it became like an incredible faith foundation in me. And uh, you know what I found is God is faithful. God is able to take you from anywhere to anywhere. God is able. I want to talk to you today about how God is able. God is able. Whatever the question, the answer is, God is able. Ephesians 3 verse 20, it says this. It says, Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above 
Now to him who is able to do some version, say immeasurably. Everybody say immeasurably. immeasurably. Turn to your neighbor and say immeasurably. immeasurably. Try not to spit on them when you say immeasurably. Uh, turn to the other neighbor, the one who is your second choice, and say exceedingly and abundantly, exceedingly and abundantly. <laughs> Ephesians 3.20, Shona goes, I had no choice. I had no one on my left or my right. Mm. That's all right. That's business class. That's the leisure of business class. No one on the left or the right. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Wow. I mean, I mean, I mean, take that in for a moment. To him who is able, anything you could ask, anything you could imagine, it says that he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly Above that. Now that's what you call a show off. <laughs> he says, uh, you know, I'm going to show off. Says, anything you can do, I can do better. But, but, but God actually says, anything you can think of doing, I can do better. In fact, I can't just do better. I can do exceedingly and abundantly above anything you can ask or you can imagine. But it says according to the power that works in us. You know, God wants to partner in us and through us to do exceedingly and abundantly above. God doesn't just say, pull up your business class seat and just watch. I'm just going to do it all. I'm just going to do it all and, and you can just watch. He says, no, I want to partner with you. He says, I can do exceedingly and I can do abundantly above all that you can ask all that you can think or imagine according to the power that works in us. In other words, there is something that we get to, to do to partner with a God who is able. And that's the fun of faith. That's the fun of faith. God is able, but we get to work together with a God who is able. And so really, when we learn to cooperate with a God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above, we learn the battle of faith. Because you see, those words can just seem like religious cliches. If it appears that God is not able. And you, you, you don't just increase what you can think or imagine. You downgrade what you can think or imagine because it appears that God is not able. God wants to flow through your faith and, and my faith so that, so that we can grow in the capacity to cooperate with the God of heaven. And we're looking at the battle of faith. The battle of faith. Why is that? Because it's easy to believe God. But you see, sometimes we need to persist in our faith 
in believing God because sometimes it's not instantaneous. And God says, I want you to come on a faith journey with me. Come on, are you here? I want you to walk by faith so that you can obtain the promises that I have given to you. If we see in the Bible, we see that God loves to partner with us, but then He wants us to walk the journey of faith. And so we see the battle of faith, sometimes the persistence of faith in being able to hold the course until you see the promise fulfilled. Genesis chapter 15, we find out about a person called Abram. And Abram, of course, had his name later on changed to Abraham, but he had an incredible promise from God. And God had promised to bless him, and God had promised to give him a son. And so we see in Genesis 15, verse 2, we see this. It says, but Abram, so, so, so he's been promised already. And God has supernaturally visited him and promised him a son through his, his, his wife, Sarah, or Sarai. And God has said, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to make you a blessing. And through you, all peoples on the earth are going to be blessed. And he has been blessed. He's been blessed financially. And he's got a lot of provision, but he hasn't got a son yet. And so Genesis 15, verse 2, I want you to know that Abraham is called the father of our faith. Abraham is lifted up and, uh, you know, in a sense, exalted as an example of our faith. And I want you to know that even Abraham had the battle of faith. That we will sometimes have a battle of faith. And that's okay. It doesn't make you a bad Christian. It just calls, it makes you a human being. But, but God understands how to help us walk the walk of faith. And so it says here about Abraham, it says in Genesis 15, verse 2, Abraham said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? In other words, what you promised hasn't happened. So what can you give me? Whoop-de-doo that you've given me all this big stuff. Thanks for making me rich. But the real thing I care about is still unfulfilled. So Genesis 15, verse 2, Abram says, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? The one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. My servant is going to get it all because you haven't given me a son. And, uh, and so Abram said, you've given me no children, so a servant in my household is going to be my heir. Do you love the fact that Abraham is mentioned as the father of our faith. But here he is in having an encounter with God and saying, God, you never, you never came through on your promise. Come on, do you know there's some times in the battle of faith where you will feel like that, where you get in the face of God. It could be a time of worship. It could be a time where someone's preaching or someone's praying and there's something on the inside of you that says, but God, you never came through to me on your promise. And that's okay because even Abraham, the father of our faith, said that. And so then he says, he says to, uh, to God, he says, you've given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. And then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir. Come on, don't you love the fact that God will, will re, reinforce our unbelief, will reinforce our, our battle of faith and reassuring us, giving us the scaffolding of faith. And it says, this man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. In other words, I've made a promise 
And I know there's been a delay and the delay has discouraged you, but I just want you to know it's still going to happen. And, and, and then God wants to help Abraham's battle of faith. And so he gives him a vision. But it's just a natural vision. And so it says here, it says, so God took him outside. So you imagine Abraham is in his tent complaining. And God says, come out of your tent and come outside. And so he comes out of the tent. And I'm imagining he's having this incredible encounter with a loving God. And God says, come out of your tent. And it says to him here, it says, he took him outside and he said, look up at the sky. I want you to do a job for me. Look up at the sky and count the clouds. Sorry, count the stars. <laughs> clouds is easy. One. Uh, Okay, that's good. Job done. Can I go to bed now? No, he says, no, 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 sorry. No, no. Preacher was wrong. Let's count the stars. Okay, let's count the stars. And, uh, and so he says, count the stars if you're able to. And so, and so there's Abraham and he's counting and, and he's counting and he's counting and he's counting and he's counting and he gets to a few thousand and, 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 and it's like he, he loses count. And he starts counting again. And he, so he starts counting on this side. And he's trying to remember, oh, did I count that one? Or which way do I work? Do I work this way? Do I work that way? And, and he's counting. And eventually God says to him, look at the sky. Count the stars if indeed you can count them. And he said, so shall your offspring be. Ah, oh, don't you love that? I mean, he was happy with one. I mean, he, was, he didn't want thousands and thousands. He just said, look, just, I mean, you haven't even given me one. He says, I'm complaining to you because you haven't given me the one son you promised me to give. And, and, and what do you do? You take me out of my tent and you say, count all the stars. And you see, I want to let you know that God is thinking higher than you are. And he is a God who says, I am able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ask or imagine. And, and you might say, oh God, I'm just praying for that one person in my family to get saved. And God takes you out of the tent. And he says, come on, look at the stars, look across our nation, look at our city, look, look at, look at, the, look at the, the, the hills are alive with the people from Lower Hut. And, uh, and so I'm going to give you exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ask or imagine. God wants to take us on a faith journey that we can believe God. And he sees this incredible vision. You see, sometimes that's why God will bring a prophet. Or God, and sometimes you never, want to, you never want to waste a prophetic moment in heaven. This is when, when, when the Spirit of God releases something prophetic, you never want to waste it. I, I, tell you, I love it when we have a band that, that can lead us into, into prophetic grace. Why is that? Because, because I like to use that opportunity. Sometimes so much will be happening. I'm just grabbing stuff. If there's an atmosphere of faith, I want to go on a, on a grabbing spree. You know, like, if, if there's a grace, you move in the grace when it's there. Yeah, we can believe God anytime. But when there's an atmosphere of faith, I tell you, just grab it. I'm grabbing that for that person. I'm grabbing this for that person. I'll text Peter Robertson sometimes when there's a healing grace and said, I stood in the altar for you. I'm believing for you to be healed, you know. And, uh, and um, we can believe God. And here's the thing. Genesis 15. He's doubting God. God says, I'm going to give you an heir. And then we jump forward to Genesis 17. Now Genesis 17, verse 15. Abraham has now had to wait 
longer. I mean, God encountered him. He was doubting God. And God said, no, 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 I'm going to give you a son. Come out of your tent. Look at the stars. See if you can count them. He gets to over 5,000. He gives up counting. All right, he has faith in his heart. And it says, by the way, it says in that, in, in that previous encounter, it says, Abraham believed the Lord and he credited to him as righteousness. He believed God. And we get to Genesis 17. How's the father of our faith doing now? You say, well, it didn't take that long. I mean, it was only about five minutes by the audio Bible narration system, you know. But for him to live it out, it took a whole lot longer. Okay, so he gets to Genesis 17, verse 15. And he has another encounter with God. And God said to Abraham in Genesis 17, verse 15, As for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai, but her name is Sarah. For I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. And so the father of our faith is listening to this. And God says, I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. And this is the response that the Bible says Abraham did. What a beautiful, anointed, holy, prophetic moment, don't you think? And it says here, Abraham fell down, face down, and laughed. <laughs> he didn't fall face down in awe and worship. He fell face down on the floor, began rolling around on the carpet, not in the Holy Ghost, in unbelief. I mean, he's rolling around, and this isn't, this isn't Holy Spirit laughter. This is unbelief laughter. This is him going, what a joke. After all this time, you really expect me to believe that this is going to happen. Come on. Can anyone, anyone realize that there is a battle of faith, and sometimes we pop in, and sometimes we pop out, and there's times that persistence can take it out of you, and you say, I don't know if I can ever believe that again. Come on. I mean, I mean, do you understand that if Abraham can have those feelings and that experience and still be called the father of our faith, you're not doing too badly. You can have moments like that. And I'm sure you're looking at me like, what sort of moments are you talking about? But, you know, those moments will sometimes come. Genesis 15. And so we see this in, in, from 15 to 17. He hears the same promise. But this time, he says, don't bother about taking me out of the tent. <laughs> don't bother about showing me those stars, man. I've counted those 5,000 stars. In fact, they haunt me because every night I look up at all of these stars and and I'm glad when it's morning because the stars are gone. But then God says to me, look at the dust. As, as, as if, look at the sand, if you can count them. And he's, oh, no, no, even during the day, I'm haunted by the promises of God. I'm just joking here, but I'm just letting you know that by Genesis 17, he falls down and he says this. Oh, God says, I will bless her and give you a son by her. And Abraham fell face down and laughed. And said to himself, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? He was now a hundred. His wife was 90. Now you know why he's laughing. He's a hundred. She's 90. 
Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? The answer is yes. <laughs> Come on. Sometimes we have a battle of faith. God can do exceedingly and abundantly above, but He wants to cooperate with your faith. Why, why does God want to have this whole encounter? Why does He want to make a promise? And then why does He want to re-encounter again? And why does, it, why does He want to walk with Abraham through the walk of faith? Because God doesn't just want to zap His purposes all over. He wants to walk with our faith. There's something about the heart of God that loves faith, that loves it when we can trust Him, even when it doesn't look like it's going to break through. And, and, that, and, and God loves, He's attracted to it, and He wants to encourage us through it, and He wants to set us up. And because Abraham was an example for you and for me, that we also need to be able to walk, not seeing Jesus, but knowing we're going to heaven. Come on. Suffering at times for Jesus, the God who we cannot see, and yet we know by faith. This is an incredible mystery that we can have, that we can continue to walk and we can persist with Him knowing that there are promises. And then God said to the people of Israel, He said, I'm going to give you the promised land. I'm going to give you a land that I've promised and it's called the promised land. And even today, God's faithful to His promise. He promised them that land. And there it is. They lost it for many centuries, but there it is. God is faithful. God is faithful to His promise. He is, he is a promise-making and promise-keeping God. He's a promise-making and a promise-keeping God. And He encourages you to walk the walk of faith with Him. And so there's the persistence of faith. And then there's the strategy of faith. Because sometimes in the persistence, God wants to give us a strategy to know how it's going to happen. So some of you will know that, you know, Yonggi Cho is one of my heroes. And, and he talks about the, the challenge of faith where God had spoken to him about building a 10,000-seater auditorium in this island called Yoido, which is now where the, the church is, Yoido Island in Seoul, Korea. So um, when God gave him that instruction, he went to the city council. and They were developing that whole island. And so he applied for the consent to be able to build a church. And they said, no, well, we're only going to have consent for, I think it's two churches, on the whole of Yoida Island. It's going to be government thing. There's going to be like a new Congress hall and all that stuff. So they said, what kind of church are you? So they, he said, well, I'm a Pentecostal church. They said, well, you know, you mean you're the ones who sing loudly and pray loudly in tongues and all that sort of stuff? He says, yeah, that's us. You've heard of us. And, uh, and they said, no, no, this is going to be like a block away from, you know, the government house and the Congress and all that. We want a dignified church. So there's no chance that we're going to give you, uh, we're not going to give you any permission. So they say no. And he goes back and he goes to the Lord in prayer. And he says, sorry, Lord, thanks for your instruction. But, you know, it's, it's uh, no can do. We're not dignified enough for your you know, island. And uh, God said to him, did I tell you go and apply? And he said, no, you didn't tell me, but I mean, you have to have a building. You have to apply. You can't just, did I tell you to go and apply? Okay, no, you didn't. What do you want me to do? And God says, I want you to walk by faith. 
And so God began to give him a strategy. See, we don't just walk blindly by faith. Sometimes we cooperate with God. God began to strategy. So he began to ask questions around who's in charge of the permit of building Yoido Island. And he found out, okay, there's a particular government minister. So then he began as much as he could to find out about that person's family. And he found out that the guy's mother-in-law was a Methodist member. She was a Christian. So he prayed about it, found a way to go and visit her. And, um, you know, talked to her about the things of the Holy Spirit and and she came through and got baptized in the Holy Spirit and said, oh, I love the baptism of the Holy Spirit in tongues. And, and so uh, I want to come to your church. So he, she, he said, that's fine. So she began to attend his church. And he knew this was God's little strategy. You see, he's trying to build a building. And so one day he says to her after church, um, you know, your, your daughter, is she a believer? No, 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 she's not a believer. No. Well, you need to invite her, pray for her. That she gets saved. <laughs> so anyway, eventually, the daughter comes to church and gets saved. And he goes, okay, mother-in-law, tick. <laughs> daughter, tick. We're getting closer, all right? So then says to the, says to the daughter, who's now the, the wife of the government minister, your husband needs to get saved. <laughs> And they said, oh, he's very busy. He's not interested in all of these things. We need to pray. You need to pray for him. So finally, one day they invited him to church. He said there was like so many people in the building, but he was preaching only to one person. (laughs) And he said, miraculously, that was the day that he gave his life to God. And um, then that week, so nobody knows the divine Holy Spirit strategy, right? Nobody knows. So that week, he walks into Dr. Cho's office. And he says, sits down and he says, Dr. Cho, I've got a, I've got a um, proposal for you. He says, you may not know, but I am in charge of developing a Yoido. And uh, I'm the person who gets to decide where the churches go. And, and uh, you know, I've now got saved and this has become my church. And so I'd like our church to be there. And as soon as he said that, the Holy Spirit said to Cho, say no. And he was like, Lord, I have seriously been working very hard for this moment. I mean, this is, this is, it's right here. It's right here. And God was not giving him a witness. And he said, no, 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 no. No, we can't do that. And so he left. He's like, Lord, what did you do that for? What did you do that for after you come all this way? And then about a month later, he, he came back and he said, look, Dr. Cho, I know that you've said no. But here's what I'm going to do. My office is going to do all of the designs and all the application process in my office. And then the Holy Spirit said, say yes. (laughs) You see, sometimes the walk of faith, sometimes the walk of faith uh, can be, uh, you know, it, it can be time consuming. But you know what happens through that? You hear the voice of God. You build your relationship with God. At the end of the day, it's not just the outcome. It's also what happens in us. It's what happens around us. It's what happens in our connection and our relationship with God. And so on the small things to the big things, God wants us to walk the walk of faith. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to say, you know, be encouraged if you feel sometimes like Abraham. You feel like the battle of faith. As God was teaching me about faith, um, I learned about 
clear and specific prayer. You know, where Jesus said to blind Bartimaeus, he was saying, Lord, have mercy on me. And he said to blind Bartimaeus, what do you want? And he said, I want to see. And so I was struck by how we need to ask specifically. And I was sitting in a, I was in India, I was working at a Christian bookshop and publishers and, and I was sitting in a photocopying shop and all my New Zealand dollars had run out and I was waiting for a fresh supply to come from New Zealand but, but I, was, I was without cash for a couple of weeks so I, I had no ability and, and outside this shop they were cooking uh, a street vendor was cooking some deep fried they're called bonders has anybody anybody here you guys would have you heard of bonders anybody here tried bonders deep fried things and and uh, oh the smell was amazing but I had no rupees on me and so I said, Lord, I'm coming to you now in faith. <laughs> Very specific prayer. I want bonders. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so anyway, I went, went to another couple of shops, came back, eventually came back into the bookshop and publishes where I was. Finney, who was the manager there, had a big newspaper thing. And he opened it up and he said, hey, Paul, have you ever tried bonders? <laughs> and I said, yes, I have been wanting to, actually. <laughs> and, uh, and I told him the story. And we began to work as a shop and as a ministry, uh, working through just the specific requests of, 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 of God. And, and don't you love it when it's just so instantaneous like that? You, I mean, you pray at one minute. That's how it should be, shouldn't it? You pray at one minute. You, by the time you get home, there's the answer. You know, you, yeah. But then sometimes you have to walk the journey. Sometimes you have to walk the journey. So, so for me, getting married, I had to walk a journey. Whoa. Oh, you know, I, I, didn't know who the, I didn't know who the Lord wanted me to marry. And, uh, you know, and I do altar calls in churches asking people, volunteers, to come forward. And nobody would come forward. I'm just joking. That would not have been true. No one would come forward. But I, I began. But, but, but Cho, Cho wrote a book about... Uh, called The Fourth Dimension, and in it he talked about specific prayer and how you should, you should write out what you want. So I thought, that sounds like a great idea. So I got a white bit of paper out, and I said, okay, what do I think in my heart But my wife is supposed to be like? And, uh, and so I write this, I don't know how many points it was. It wasn't enough. But, um, <laughs> I, so I write, I write out all of this. Okay, yeah, yeah, she's a New Zealander, I see. Okay, yeah. I don't mind who I marry, Lord. It could be from any country, but okay. I feel like in my heart, okay, she's a New Zealander and she's European and, and she's blonde and, you know, and I would put down these things. And, um, and anyway, Jody ticks, or I thought, ticked everything on the list. It was miraculous. Except I had written on there, sporty. So sometimes I say to Jody, maybe I got the wrong person. <laughs> but you know sometimes we have sometimes we have a, a walk sometimes we have a walk but, but in the process of that we get to rely on him sometimes you get a promise prophetically or in your heart from God and then there's the delay like Abraham had and in that delay is a great opportunity for you to take that promise and put it up on the altar because you don't want to give your life for a false promise. And so it's the time for you to say, Lord, I want to really sift it. I want to really know, is this from heaven? 
You see, the great thing about Abraham, he had God reconfirm it and reconfirm it back into his life. And so it's so important that as we walk with God, that that word gets refined and gets sharper and, 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 um, and, and more dependable. Does that make sense? Because as we constantly put it back up on the altar, God does a work in our hearts. He does a work in the process. And, uh, and, and, and I believe there's nothing more exciting than working with God on the things that He has purposed over our lives. So God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above. All that we can ask or imagine, but according to His power that is at work within us. In other words, that God wants to work in us. He wants to work through us, that we get to be cooperators with heaven for the purposes of God. We'll call the band. And, and, and I just believe today, I believe that, that God wants to encourage some people. Some people have felt a little bit like Abraham at various points. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine that? Len Butner's going to be here prophesying over people next Sunday night, you know? Imagine that, you know? He prophesies over Enrico. And Enrico thinks it is so unbelievable that he literally falls down and starts rolling around with laughter because he goes, <laughs> you know, who could believe? But see, that's Abraham. Abraham has an encounter with God, falls down on the ground, and just think it's hilarious. So, so impossible. And that's exactly how God wants to work with us. That there's times that God is going to say things that you say, Lord, that is impossible. And God goes, I know. Why would I promise you something that was possible? Wouldn't need me to deliver, would it? But we want to we be able to cooperate with heaven to be able to see the impossible be brought into the earth. God, that your kingdom would come. That your will would be done on the earth as it is in heaven. On the earth as it is in heaven. Hey, why don't you stand on your feet? We just want to welcome the Holy Spirit. Begin to stir, stir people's uh, hearts with faith. And particularly, Lord God, what we ask is that you would stir the faith of long-term faith projects. But first, we take those long-term faith projects and we place them up on the altar of God, the place of surrender. Because you know the amazing thing about God is after walking with Abraham through this incredible journey to get his son. Once he finally gets his son, God says to him, I want you to take your son, your only son. This guy that I've been promising you, and you've been walking with faith, and you've been battling the promises of God, and, and finally it's all happened, and you've, you've got your fulfillment. And, and he says, I want you to take your son, your only son, and I want you to sacrifice him on Mount Moriah. Sacrifice him. I mean, seriously, Lord, this is... But you know, Abraham's faith had gotten so, 
so strong by that time, so dependent on God that the Bible tells us in the New Testament that he believed that if he did sacrifice Isaac, that God would raise Isaac up again from the dead. Because he knew God. Now, I have walked with you. I have, my faith has been strengthened. You've been faithful to your promises. And if you ask me to put on, on the altar, I'll put it on the altar. And if you ask me to put in the knife, I'll put in the knife. But I know that you are faithful to your promises. And so there's nothing else that you can do except that you will raise him again from the dead. But, you know, God was really getting him to do something that God the Father himself was prepared to do. When in that same place, he was prepared to give his son, Jesus as a sacrifice. Come on. And Lord, we want to thank you. We want to thank you that you are a God who is faithful. And so Lord, right now we reach into long-term promises. And God, we don't bless we don't bless human fantasy. We bless the promises of heaven. We bless right now resident in the in the lives of people here the promises of heaven. Some of them are known, some of them are felt. But right now I speak to promises from heaven and I declare over you, I declare over you, I declare over you, come alive in the name of Jesus. Come alive in the name of Jesus. Lord, for, for those who are like Abraham, that, that time has begun to, to pour cold water on the promises of God. We declare in the name of Jesus, vision on the inside of you. That you be able to look and count the stars. That you be able to see the vision according to heaven's plan. And we speak life into that promise. We speak life into the promises of heaven over you. In Jesus' name, that which you carry. And we speak life into that place. <laughs> we speak life into that promise from heaven. And we declare according to your word in Isaiah 55, it says that my word that proceeds out of my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And we speak to every divine planted word and we command it to come alive on the inside of you. And we pray for a divine wisdom. We pray for a divine wisdom. That you would have the strategies of heaven. The strategies of heaven. To know how to walk with the Holy Spirit. And receive it. And receive it. And receive it. Just without. I just feel like there's a. There's. There's just a moving of faith right here in this room. But if, 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 you, if you're here and you say, you know what? I've got a long-term faith promise back in the furnace of my heart. I've, I've got a long-term faith promise. Can you, can, you just, can you just lift your hand? It's the Holy Spirit we ask. Whoa! We ask for a settling of faith, particularly around those with their hands raised. 
shobratila marakila bazoba rashtinde marende maroko vaziza bara shobra vratila marende karende. Holy Spirit, you are the Spirit of faith. You're the spirit of faith. And so we ask, Lord, that that which is on the inside of them from heaven would be more alive than what they can't see on the outside. It would be more alive on the inside than what they can, can't see on the outside. That, Lord, right now, we enable them to walk the walk of faith. If, if you're with someone with their hand raised, why don't you just stretch out a hand right now, place it on a shoulder or on a back or, or, or something, and, and just say, just say, come alive. Just begin to speak into that, that word from heaven. That, begin to speak into that thing, that, that promise from God. And just come alive in the name of Jesus. Come alive in Jesus' name. Ro, come alive, come alive, come alive, come alive, come alive. Jobre la la lese maro shoko vrakila hadai. Oh, come alive, come alive, come alive, come alive. Jobrende kareza maraiba la voshobra lede. Reza mo shoko ravre kareza manda. Jobrende kaze hareze kamai jokorende. And if, if if you've got a long term uh, faith. Um, Faith, faith vision, why don't you right now place your hand over your eyes and we're just asking for divine strategies and divine revelation. So if that's you just right now, place your hand over your eyes and Lord God, in the name of Jesus, we just release divine strategies, divine strategies, divine vision right now from heaven, vision from heaven, vision from heaven and strategies and downloads. If we can just get the prayer team, just, just, just begin just shooting around. Just pray for different people uh, right now around the room. Father, we release in the name of Jesus, Lord. We release in the name of Jesus strength of faith into hearts. Strength of faith into hearts. That you would believe and faint not. Believe and faint not, for after you have persisted, after you have endured, you will receive the promise from heaven. And now, Father, we just release angels to begin to accelerate, accelerate, accelerate the promises right now. Begin to accelerate the promises. For God is not working by a calendar, but He is working by faith. So if you will give Him faith, it will speed the calendar. Rovende mashobra kila hai lazy marosho kobrende. Listen, if you feel right now, once again, just respond right on this. I know there's a bunch of people here receiving. But if you feel right now that you're in a battle of faith, I felt this evening, my God, uh, really directing tonight's meeting to be about the battle of faith. And if you feel like in your spirit that you've had a battle, you can relate to some of the Abraham stuff. You know, if you can relate to that, if that feels like you, can you very quickly just come up the front? I know other people are receiving and God's doing stuff. But if you can relate to the battle of faith, come on, let, let's, let's just lean into it and, and pray for you. That would be awesome. The battle of faith. The battle of faith. Reila mazo shokorende marobala leza marende 
maleza kosho kila martaila brela mashoko redila marande. Thank you, God, right now. We thank you, God, for a divine strength coming tonight. To all those that have had the battle of faith, because we thank you the battle belongs to the Lord. That the battle belongs to the Lord. And as Abraham was continually strengthened in the battle of faith, continually strengthened by God Himself, we pray, God, right now for an enabling of faith, a leaning in and a lending of the Spirit of faith over every single person.